to Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from different angles. I'm Robin Wilson, and together with my partner, Phil, we're going to chat about some themes around love today and every day, because that's what we do. That's what the podcast is about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just what we do. We talk about love a lot. Oh, do we? (laughs) I mean, I do. Yeah, you do, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I talk more about cheese and pizzas. Yeah, that's true. Bread. And how much I love those. Lots of bread. Right. That is our our love language, I guess, right? Is is carbs. Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. Which must be why I'm I'm doing pretty well in this pandemic because you're just keeping me loaded full of various types of carbs. Right. Well, it, it, it's weird because uh, my reaction to the pandemic is to bake everything with lots of flour, <laughs> and yours is to eat everything with flour in it. So is yours. Mine you're is eating too. your share. <laughs> right. Well, I'm doing both. You're just doing the eating part. Yes, I am. <laughs> you would not want to eat what I bake. Well, that's fair. Generally. <laughs> One of us enjoys it and the other hates it. It's true. So. And I think it comes across in the product, the <laughs> end result. It usually does. <laughs> so other than bread baking, how are you faring with, uh, with the pandemic? Are you going a little stir crazy? Well, I mean, as you well know, I mean, I, I will talk about staying home and, oh man, I can't wait to just hang around home and do nothing. But then when I actually get that, I hate it. It's true. I like it for 24 hours, maybe at best. But like, even on a Sunday when we hang around the house, uh, I mean, I, I always try to find an excuse to go and do something for a little bit in the day. So, I mean, we're, in fairness, we're not quarantined. We can still go out for walks we can. and stuff like that. And we can yeah. get in the car and go for, you know, if we need to go for groceries or something, we can still do those things. We're just trying to do a lot less, obviously. Yeah. We had a car picnic last night and we went and picked up some burgers and ate them in the car. That was good. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Not as good. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, poutine's a hard thing to share in a car if you want your car to not be laced with poutine everywhere. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of strategy involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, poutine on the seats, poutine on my shirt, which, I mean, who even gives a damn right now? You got poutine on your shirt? Who cares? That's right. You're just staying home all the time anyway. Exactly. Revel in it, you <laughs> filthy animals. <laughs> I mean, we still see each other. Yeah. I don't care if you have gravy on your shirt, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can tell, we've been um, spending the last few weeks eating a lot. Various forms of carbs. We certainly have, <laughs> yeah. One of the things, like, as we see people stocking up on things like toilet paper and... Uh, hand sanitizer and flour. There was a big run on flour because yeast. Of baking, yeast. Yeah. I think the food that we're most concerned about running out of is snack food. Snacks. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like we're both just reaching for an exponential amount of snacks. Yeah, for sure. Over the last couple of weeks. Everyone was, oh man, we, we need enough canned vegetables and, you know, frozen fruits and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, I need more jalapeno potato chips. I only got five <laughs> bags left. Our pantry, we should post a picture. Our pantry is full of jalapeno potato chips right now. <laughs> but no one should judge us. No. No one should judge us. No one. Stop it. This is what we're doing. This is how we need to feel better. Everyone gets to cope in the way they feel like coping. And if I feel like eating 14 bags of jalapeno potato chips this week, then I'm going to eat 14 bags of potato chips. Wait, you told me you were buying all those bags so that you can share them. Oh, well, I also have a stash you don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's chips everywhere. So many chips. <laughs> but I thought for uh, this episode, for our our as yet unnamed kind of debate segment. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. That's what it's called. Is it's it? called, you're doing it wrong. That sounds so judgy. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something a little less judgy than that. But we're going to stick on the snack food topic because you and I have very different positions for our favorite cheesy type of snack foods. Oh, for sure. This one's definitely, there's a clear right and a clear wrong answer here. Which I love because I'm on the right side. Um, yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Oh, come on. <laughs> you can't be bringing out American Idol 1997 <laughs> references. Yeah, I can. In here. This is not that type of <laughs> pandemic. We're not that deep yet. So you're very strongly on the Hawkins cheesy side. Very. Extremely could not be stronger on that side. Like you're a... Good Canadian boy eating your Hawkins cheesies. So good cheesies, eh? So what do you like about your Hawkins cheesies? What makes them the better snack? Well, A, they're Canadian. That's great. Uh, B, they're made with real cheddar. So when you get an orange... Oh, they're made with real cheddar, just like ginger ale is made with real ginger. Well, can't... No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Canada tries blatant lies about, like, real ginger. I don't even know how they keep putting that on there. Didn't they get sued for that and it's lost? The and they still put it on the can. It's the same amount of ginger as there is cheddar in a Hawkins cheesy. No, disagree. No, cheese powder is made with real cheddar. <laughs> All right, okay. And Continue. Canadian cheddar. So when you, when you get an orange cat poo looking shape thing out of the bag. Oh, you're making this so appealing. Right. Aren't they? <laughs> They're not the most attractive looking things. <laughs> when you grab your randomly shaped, weird, orangey, cheesy thing out of the bag with other brands, they, they look orange, but they actually don't taste like very much, if anything. And Hawkins, they actually taste really cheesy. They're quite intense. They're quite good. And I also really, really like that there's different textures in the bag. It's not just like um, the Cheetos ones where they're all basically, they're exactly uniform. They're perfect. But in a bag of Hawkins cheesies, you get these big fat ones that have a, light, a slightly lighter, um, crispy texture to it. And then you have those little hard bits that, that take a little soaking in your mouth <laughs> well, before you, you can get them. Well, you put a lot of thought into this. But they have a lot of powder on the outside <laughs> because it's more surface area for more powder. So it's pretty good. And you get a nice mix. It's like you're eating multiple snacks in one. I mean, that's true. I will give it to Hawkins for the texture because you're right. The varying degrees of textures in a Hawkins cheesy bag is a joy. It is truly a joy. It's a delight. However... I am firmly in the Cheetos poofs camp. And not even the little crunchy ones, right? You're talking about the puffy ones. I love the cheesy poofs. The ones that are like an exploded nothing. It's like basically nothing, which is what I like about it. Because you put it in your mouth and it just melts away. But they sort of melt, right? Like if if they're in your mouth forever, they will kind of melt. (laughs) But otherwise, what they do is carve up your mouth. The whole roof of my mouth gets all cut up and like after I've eaten six or eight of them. That is definitely a downside. Yeah. That is a downside. (laughs) But the best thing, I mean, I will give you all of your points are very valid for Hawkins cheesies. And to be fair, I enjoy a Hawkins cheesy, but I will reach for the cheesy poofs every time because there's a secret in the bag that keeps bringing me back and it's mean of them. But 
as you've thought about the different textures in a Hawkins cheesy bag, I have thought about the grease level Ooh. in a bag of cheesy poofs. So the cheesy poofs at the top are kind of light and they're a little dry and they're not the best. Mm-hmm. But as you keep working your way through the bag, the closer you get to the bottom, they're so saturated in <laughs> grease. And that sounds so disgusting as I'm saying it, but oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you that. I, I, will, I will concede that the bottom of the bag, the, the one thing I like the best about those, and I do enjoy them too, but not, not on the Hawkins level. It's not close. <laughs> um, the, but the one thing that I do really enjoy is when you get near the bottom of the bag and you look, you eat that last one, you're like, well, I'm done. And then you look and there's a bunch of greasy, sloppy, cheesy <laughs> oh, mess no, on see, the bottom. I don't eat that. And I then I like dredge that. my fingers through that. <laughs> Oh, and then, like, do licking, not. now I can't lick my fingers because I'm not allowed to lick my fingers anymore. Stupid pandemic. I have never seen you do that. Oh, always. Is that a private shame? No, no, it's very public. <laughs> I'll do it on the bus. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so that's the best part. And then it suckers you in because you're like, those last few were so good that you need to buy another bag. And then you have to eat through three quarters of the crappy, light, dry stuff. To get to those really good bags. You, you can do it baller style. I would just open the bag from the bottom. I've done that. but then And then you I eat a quarter of the bag and then like. Just throw it away. Give, give them to somebody else. Whatever. I don't know. Wait until you have company over. You put them in a bowl. and be like, here, eat these shitty ones. <laughs> I've done that. It's so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also that person that saves the best part of my meal for last. True. Which I also don't understand. <laughs> but I will give you one thing. If, if, if the Hawkins Cheesies had one very tiny downside of some sort, which is really debatable. For sure. The one, the one tiny downside is the bag is terrible. It's hot garbage. As soon as you open it, It it's so thin. It just, it rips to shreds. You cannot (laughs) open it and then use it to, you can't even fold it back on itself. No, no. You need to trash the bag. So you have to eat the whole bag. (laughs) You have to. And that's a, that's a downside. Well, depends who you ask, I guess. (laughs) So what do y'all think? Do you have a cheesy, cheesy snack preference or are you like just not cheesy at all? Because the one thing that I don't like about any cheesy snacks is they turn my fingers orange. Oh, no, they don't turn your fingers no, orange. No, I've developed a hack, which is that I eat all of my cheesy snacks with che- with chopsticks. I know. And I've actually, where did we see that on a show? You've been doing this for like <laughs> a bazillion yeah. years. As long as I've known you, yeah. you've been doing this. I have. And yet now, now we've seen it on a show somewhere yeah. and we were like, what the hell? This guy stole your idea. <laughs> they follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's brilliant. Yeah, it is a pretty good idea. No more cheesy orange fingers. So I tried to I tried to be like I, I was so jealous of that that invention of yours, and I was like, man, that was a smart idea. Why did I not gonna come up with that? <laughs> so I tried to come up with my own, which I actually like as well. It's pretty cool as well. And I used a little fondue fork right. to stab, but that doesn't work with Hawkins ones because they don't, they crunchy. don't go for stabbing. Yep. But the the poofy ones, no problem. Those will work too. Yes. So how do you eat your cheesy snacks, listeners? Do you care about your orange fingers, or do you just scrape them along the inside of the bag like Phil does. Yeah, that's good too. (laughs) That doesn't work well with chopsticks, I would imagine. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give us your thoughts on your snack foods. What are you eating this pandemic? Are you finding comfort in food like we are? Um, And do you have a name for this segment? Because an untitled, judgy debate segment just isn't quite flying. How about you're doing it less awesome than I am? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's a good working title. Yeah. (laughs) 
So one of the other things we've been doing with our time while we're eating our snacks, we've been watching a lot of Netflix. <laughs> we've watched a lot of uh, streaming services, for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. We were, this month, on our on our home internet bill, it was less than two weeks into the month, and we got the email saying we were already at our limit for the month. Yeah. Which I've never gotten that email in my life Ever. before. Never. Which is ridiculous. Like I, I honestly, until then, I did not know we had a limit on our yeah, home internet because it's never been a thing. When you told me that, I assumed it was Wi-Fi. I was like, I'm barely even like, I'm not using my data at all on my phone. I'm on our home Wi-Fi all the time. And you're like, yeah, it's the home. <laughs> yeah. No, no. The cell connection is completely fine. We're probably not using any data there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Wi-Fi at work. I'm on Wi-Fi at home. I don't go anywhere else. It's all streaming. We can't be the only ones in that boat, though. No, no. I'm sure not. No. Uh, I mean, even companies are telling you that they're not going to charge you this month for the overages, yeah. but the longer this goes, I mean, I'm going to be getting a big fat bill from TELUS. It's true. Yeah. But the way it's going, we'll be finished Netflix by the time the pandemic's yeah. over anyway. So. We're almost done. We're on the last <laughs> leg of it. <laughs> but in addition to Netflix, we've been watching a lot of Disney Plus. Right. A lot, a lot of Disney Plus. We were watching all of our Marvel movies. I love me some Pixar, so... Uh, I try and watch at least one Pixar movie a week. Uh-huh. And the most latest one that we've watched was Wally, which Wally! I love Wally. And I had little recollection that it's actually a love story. It's true. It is. And honestly, it, I had only seen it the once and it was kind of when it was new. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was almost like watching a new movie to me, frankly, because I, you know, usually movies I really, really like, I've seen so many times, I there's nothing new in it anymore for me. But this one was kind of interesting because it had been so long and it was it was like brand new. I honestly, I was watching it going, I don't remember this part. I don't remember that. What's, what's going on? See, and I remember all the pieces of it, but I would have never called it a love story before. But really, when you sort of strip away all of the messages on capitalism and automation and the kind of gross fat phobia, fat messaging that they put out there which we're not going to talk about today. We're going to focus on the love story. <laughs> it is a love story between these two really, well, one really adorable robot and one robot that has really anger issues and a very quick trigger. <laughs> yeah, itchy trigger finger. <laughs> very itchy trigger trigger finger. Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so sweet. And I love Wally the robot. So much. <laughs> well, and it really is kind of a movie about, um, you know, isolation, which is very fitting for right now. Yeah. It was an interesting movie to watch in these day and day and age right now, right? It really um, is. And it's about, it, to me, it's like a typical, uh, you know, nerd looking for love story. <laughs> you know, it's kind of awkward, geeky, doofus, and, uh, you know, the young... The young, new, cool, hot yeah. chick, sleek, sleek. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, really, it's a, it's a movie. I mean, it's it's basically about uh, every guy's desire to get with some hot space chick. That's what it was. Mm, you and I got very nope. different messages from that movie. <laughs> They weren't even like, you know, it was, it was just a weird match, right? Even like for robots, which is weird to say in this first place. But <laughs> like when you look at it, it's like extreme, you know, one's an old rickety, rusty thing. And then one's a young, new, um, you know, shiny, yeah, you know, not a dent in it kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the typical, you know, rom-com 
kind of nerdy right. looking for love drama. Like the exactly hitch same. kind of thing. Sure. Like Kevin James and his hot girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But Wally is so sweet. Everyone in the movie that meets Wally falls in love with Wally. So of course Eve would fall in love with Wally too. Because he's just so sweet and so caring about everything around him. Okay, so general premise, if you haven't seen Wally, the Earth is trash. Literally, it's trash. All of the humans had to leave the planet because it was just overrun with trash. Wally is a robot that picks up the trash and compacts it into little squares. And he's the only one of his kind left. He's the only thing left on Earth. It's just this one little robot. And and a cockroach. And and his little buddy cockroach. (laughs) Going about his day, doing his job, and then coming home at the end of the day. And sort of he watches movies and he listens to music and uh, he cares for himself, which I thought was a really lovely message. And I didn't get the first time we watched it. But there were no other robots around. All of these other Wally trash robots have all broken down and they're no longer running. But this one is. And why? Why is he still doing it? And I think it's because he takes so much time to care for himself. He finds those things that he enjoys, the music and the movies and, he, and little sort of knickknacks that he collects. He also collects spare parts from other robots so that if he breaks down, he can fix himself and keep himself running. And there was one scene, it actually brought tears to my eyes, which is not like... That's not unusual. <laughs> I mean, it's a daily occurrence, but like he goes to bed on this little shelf And he like sticks his hand out and he rocks himself to sleep. And I was just like, this robot is caring for himself. This is the ultimate in self-care. And this is why he's still able to, to keep going throughout his day, which I thought was lovely. Wow. I didn't know Wally was so deep. It's so deep. If you haven't seen it in a long time, you really should go watch it because it's so lovely. (laughs) But then as much as he cares for himself, he's super lonely because he's the only person as cute as his little cockroach buddy is. He's the only, we'll call him a living thing, hmm. around. And he's super lonely. And that's when Eve comes in. Yeah. So she, Eve, Eve shows up and is just on a mission, right? She's just there to do a job. She's looking for signs of plant life or anything like that. And it, I, I love that scene where she arrives and he's kind of hiding behind a rock or something, whatever he's hiding behind. And he's kind of just spying on her. He's, he's like really shy and he's not sure what to do. And you could tell he's smitten already. He's like so excited to just see someone else. I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen uh, when this, <laughs> we're all allowed out to hang out together again. And you go to a pub and everyone's like, wow, I'm so close to somebody. This is weird. <laughs> but that's what's going to happen. Just so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Eve's going about her business doing, doing stuff. She's just searching and, and Wally's kind of following her around and he's trying to, you know, make his, make his introduction kind of thing. Um, and then like, but she's really quick on the trigger finger, right? Like her... This is, this is my job to do. I'm going to look for signs of life. And if anything gets in my way, I'm going to blast this thing. And so there's a couple of times where it's a close call. You know, he'll make a noise and he gets, you know, blasted or something <laughs> near him gets blasted. But eventually... Shoot, shoot you know, first, ask questions later type of gal. Yeah. And so basically <laughs> this is the robot version of giving somebody the cold shoulder, right? You know, he's clearly showing interest and she's not interested in anything. She's just doing going about her business, like leave me alone. Um, but eventually he just... He just is a genuine guy and like starts to you know do little things for her, gives her uh what was it what did he give her? He gave her some sort of 
a gift of some sort. Anyway, anyway, she comes <laughs> to see like this is this is not a threat. This is just some you know a nice, a nice other robot. Yeah, who likes her. Yeah, and then shenanigans ensue. So she finds plant life, and they have to they take her up to the spaceship, and all sorts of shenanigans ensue where they team up, and right. sort of this is where their connection deepens because they have to team up through this. Right. They find out the. Um, that that the main computer robot is evil. Surprise, surprise. Of course. Always the evil robot. <laughs> and so they end up working as a team together to do the right thing. Yeah, so it's just really lovely. And it really is about the relationship of these two robots and how they they found love in each other when it seemed really unlikely. And I just thought it was really fitting for us to kind of chat about with everything that's going on and how I think lonely a lot of people are feeling because we are really isolated. And I mean, you and I really have a best case scenario. We're isolating together. We have a good relationship. We're safe. We have money where we can sustain ourselves. You're still working. I'm working from home. So um, we really have the best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, in a billionaire scenario here where, you know, they've got servants all over to do everything for them, but at least, <laughs> you know, we're not. they sent their servants home. Thankfully, we're in a position where, A, we are, we're not both out of work right now. Yeah. And, uh, and we have a home to come to and, and ample food and everything else, right? It's inconvenient, but boy, for a lot of people, it's way worse. Yeah, there are so many worse yeah. situations out there. Even so much as like, you know, when we're talking about isolation, like, you know, at the beginning of Wally, where he's kind of on its own and he, he's taking care of himself, but clearly he's yearning for some mm-hmm. companionship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly, I think about people who uh, are single or live, live by themselves at least mm-hmm. anyways, and maybe they don't have, don't have a pet even. And you're like, boy, you know, you got, you know, even something as simple as just being able to talk to your cat while you're walking around the apartment or whatever. I mean, that, that's invaluable. Yeah. Just to feel like you've got some sort of interaction with another living thing. Yeah. So I can imagine for a lot of people, if they're on their own and they're isolated at home by themselves, it can be a struggle. Well, it really struck me with Wally too, because like there was this whole running theme throughout the movie that he just wanted to hold someone's hand. He just wanted a hand to hold. And I thought that's, it felt really real right now. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, like I know, people are missing giving hugs to their friends and loved ones and holding hands and sharing meals and doing all of that stuff that that we associate with connection. And so it just felt, it felt very present. Right, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it really it's surprising for an animated show like that how it really gives you uh, a glimpse into what it's like to be lonely yeah i mean it's just you know you're watching a cartoon about a, about a trash compactor <laughs> robot and you're like i feel bad for this robot like <laughs> What's wrong with me? Because everybody <laughs> loves Wally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, as I said, we're we're very lucky as we're going through this uh, pandemic, as we're making our way through, because we do um, really enjoy each other's company. But even having said that, you get on my nerves a little bit. No, I don't. Now, now that we're around each other so much. No, no I don't. <laughs> Incorrect. A, a, a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and 
extra. I mean, you're, you've been home a little bit longer and more than I have, right? You're basically not going out at all anymore. Right. I still have to go to my workplace, even though, you know, it's, it's pretty barren in the office right now. There's barely anybody in there, but I still do have to leave the house and, um, you know, converse with people. But for you, it's, it's quite different, right? You're home by yourself all the time until I get home to annoy you. Yes. And then you get home and you start eating with your mouth open and the, your mouth sounds, it, it just, it, it just grates on me. <laughs> so we'll blame that on quarantine because it's honestly not something I've ever noticed before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's something new I've developed that I'm chewing with my mouth open all of a sudden. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So we've had that conversation and, uh, I, I kind of lashed out this morning when I walked into the kitchen and saw that you had not put the dishes in the dishwasher again, and I'm we'll blame that on isolation. Yes, let's. <laughs> the, the anger. We'll we'll put the anger on isolation. We are not blaming the you not putting it in the dishwasher on isolation. Well, well uh, there's you know no what? excuse for that. No, there <laughs> there is an excuse. Um, if I went and put everything away immediately. What the hell else are you going to do the rest of the day? Oh, man. No, that's not a We're going to have nothing experience. to talk about. No, I want to give you something to go into the kitchen and go, hey, idiot. No. <laughs> you, you don't need to do that for me. <laughs> no. All right. Well, now I know. And so I wonder if it's reasons like this, because I read a story uh, last week, I think, how now that the quarantine has been lifted in China, there's been an increased filings of divorce. So a lot of people now that they're able to get away from each other, just want to get the fuck away from each other. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I could see that being a thing. Well, for sure. I mean, if you think, if your relationship's not on solid ground, maybe you don't have the best communication skills, getting thrown into a position like this where you're with each other so much. And like you said, you're leaving for work, so I have alone time during the day, but a lot of people aren't. They're stuck together 24 hours a day. Right. And we weren't meant to live like that. No. So I can see that that would cause tensions to rise. Right. No, and I, and I could see where, you know, maybe, you know, someone like you and I were used to spending a fair amount of time together as it is. Maybe we're spending more now, but there's other people like, and for us that, that makes, our, that works in our relationship. But for a lot of other people, they need more mm-hmm. um, alone time mm-hmm. and it's damn near impossible to get alone time right now. Yeah. Or like time with friends. You have, you have some every day when I go to work. I do. But when I go to work, I still have to be, you know, pretty around people. So I don't get any yeah. alone time whatsoever. And whereas before, like, there'd be times when I'd come home and and you would might be out doing something or you're not home from work for a couple hours yet. And I can just sit there and just have my alone time if I want. But I really only get it in the car going to work and back <laughs> right now. Yeah. So I think eventually that will start to get to me as well. It hasn't been so bad yet. But... Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, these are all to me like yes, they're they're not nothing problems, but but they're small on the scale of what some other people I think have to deal with. For sure, but I think you've made a, a really valid point though, because as humans, we aren't meant to spend twenty four hours a day with one person or two people all the time with no alone time. And so I think if we want to keep relationships healthy and get through this pandemic, sort of with your relationship intact. Finding those times where you can say, cool, I'm just going to go for a walk or I'm going to go to the other room and read my book or just do something on your own for an hour or two hours, whatever you need to kind of recharge. That's super important to do. 
And as your partner, your partner needs to understand that, oh, like, yeah, that's okay. It's not that you're annoyed with me or you need to get away from me or you hate me. You just need some time off on your own because that's so important. And if we're going to get through this, we need to have that time. I think that's one thing we need to keep in mind. We're stuck together, but we can still find those moments. Right. To have time on our own. No, and I and I think one of the things that you do quite well is that you will often tell me, like, even if you snap at me for something, you'll say, I'm sorry, it's not it's not you. I'm just I'm feeling uh anxious or whatever. And so at least I know that okay, I'm not I haven't done anything critical here. And and that's fine. Like I like to know that. I like to know mm-hmm. that, look, I'm I'm in a bad mood right now, so just leave me alone. I like that because I don't I don't pick up on the signs. <laughs> I don't. Like, if you're going to be subtle and hope that I'm just picking up the gist of what's going on, I'm probably not. I'm yeah. not going to get it. <laughs> that's why so. I need to say, please chew with your mouth closed. That's right. <laughs> and just say something. Yeah. Like, I'm logical. Just tell me what the hell's going on, and I'm good. <laughs> but I like the idea of going for a walk and just saying, like, because I'm my... I, I don't really like to go for a walk by myself. I don't, I will go for a bike ride by myself, but I don't generally enjoy it as going with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the idea that you know, maybe this is a time where if I need some alone time, I, just, I can just say, look, nothing against you. Doesn't mean I can't stand being around you. It just means I like some alone time to not talk about things and to just have it, you know, live in my own head kind of yeah, thing for a exactly. while. And maybe I'll just go out for a, a walk for an hour, find somewhere deserted. Don't go walking the stairs in River Valley and <laughs> exercising like some people are doing. Stop that. But go find a place where nobody else is and just go walk or just go find a bench to sit on for a while and just be by yourself. I think yeah. it's, it's very valuable. Yeah, some time to reflect. And you also talked about, um, just to kind of go back where you said how I tend to communicate how I'm feeling. I mean, one thing that we talk about a lot on this podcast is that it's so important to communicate with your partner. And especially in times like this where you might be feeling higher levels of stress or uh, sadness or fear, it's really important to communicate with each other how you're feeling, what you need to help you get through that, and what your capacity might be. Because as we go through from day to day, I know lots of people are having really highs and really lows. Some people are like cleaning all day and they're, they have lots of energy and they just want to get a lot done, probably because you know, you're stuck inside. And so you have this abundance of energy that you're usually outputting in other ways. And then there's some days where you can't even get off the couch because everything just feels really, really heavy. And so it's really important to communicate that with your partner. So like some days you might come home and I've just been laying on the couch all day. And now it's easy to look at me and go like, come on, like you're sitting at home all day. I've been going to work, get up and do something. But it's easy enough for us to say, I get that. Can I do it tomorrow? Because I just don't have it in me today. Just understand that you could each be in very different places. And so you need to talk about that. Right. Well, and even even simple things like, you know, I will generally come home and make dinner, right? Even when I'm at work and you're home all day, I generally will come home and do the dinner making. We both prefer that. Yeah, we we definitely do. (laughs) Um, But I mean, there's there's a couple times where I've had, you know, I, I mean, being at work for a lot of people is a lot more mentally taxing than it has been on a normal basis, right? And And I have those days too where... Just trying to deal with things in different ways all day, every day, and trying to solve problems different. It's it can it can be a grind on mm-hmm. on your mind. It's so emotionally, there's exhausting. been a couple of times where I've got things planned out. There's things in the fridge, and when I get home, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, and we're going to have a nice dinner. And when I get home, I like once or twice in the last couple of weeks, I I can vividly remember coming home and saying, I just I just don't have it in me. Like oh, whatever, we'll just have a sandwich or something. I don't I don't have it in me today to 
to deal with making this dinner that I had planned. So, yeah. so let's put it aside and we're just going to have a grilled cheese sandwich or something. Yeah. Or we'll just eat some leftovers or whatever. Yeah. Or we'll grab some takeout from somewhere because I just don't want to deal with stuff today. I just want to come home and sit and just not think or do anything. Which is a huge indicator for you. It's a, sorry, it's an indicator for me of how you're feeling. Because I know kitchen time for you is a really important place for you to unwind and you find it generally very relaxing. And so for you to come home and say, yeah, I can't deal with this. That's a good indicator for me to say, okay, he's not doing real well. How can I step up and maybe help out? Like like I said, it does no favors if I cooked it. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves us both feeling not so great. <laughs> no, you can still make a grilled cheese for me I, anytime. But I can make a grilled cheese. I can put together some leftovers. I can bring you a beer, like something so simple as, yeah. is there, I'm up, is there anything I can get for you right now? Exactly. And just, just sometimes all, I just feel like I need that. Like, I just want to flop on the couch and not have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And and it comes to even sometimes when you turn on the TV, this is going off a little bit on a tangent, but <laughs> like sometimes I'll just, I don't want to watch something that makes me think too much. I just, let's put something on that I've seen before and it's fun and it's just like, I don't have to pay that much attention. Yeah. Whatever. For whatever reason. Maybe it's an Avenger, Avengers movie that I've seen three or four or five, ten times or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just something familiar going on in the background, which... Or an episode of The Office that we've seen so many times. Exactly. Seen them all a hundred times. Yeah. But it's, it's like... Com- you, it's the, it's a TV version of comfort food, really. Exactly. It's familiarity, right? It's, mm-hmm. some, it's something in your life that is exactly how you remembered it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, something that has not drastically changed yeah. due to what's going on. And that's sometimes comforting. That's a really good point. Yeah. Again, sort of bringing it back to the relationship, it's recognizing those signs in each other and saying, you know, I know you're not feeling real good. I won't make you watch Succession today because I know that that's kind of a a grind for you right now, even though I love it very much. Let's watch another episode of The Office, even though I'm getting kind of tired of Michael Scott. God forgive me. (laughs) Mm, Man, I know. That show, I can never get sick of it. I, I don't. Know. There's a couple episodes I'm not crazy about <laughs> in the in the mix there, where you know, kind of cringeworthy in spots. But but for the most part, no, I I could just watch that show over and over on loop all the time, and I'm good. We play this game with The Office because we've seen it so many times. We've gone through the whole series so many times. We play Office Roulette, where we'll pick a season and pick an episode, and that's what we watch. So we'll watch one before bed, and we'll play Office Roulette. And the other night, Phil started singing the Scott's Tots episode Hey, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make a dreams come true. Yeah, that one. (laughs) So he just randomly started singing that. And so I picked my Office Roulette episode number. And it was that one. It was Scott's Tots. (laughs) I was like, I've watched so much Office, I can just subconsciously pick the episode out of my brain. (laughs) That was unbelievable. That was freaky. (laughs) It was pretty cool. (laughs) and one last thing that I kind of want to touch on sort of to keep your relationship healthy and I heard this um I heard it in an interview from Brene Brown so I'm not going to take credit for it and I love Brene Brown as I think universally she is loved Phil's giving me a look like he doesn't know who she is except for (laughs) by people who have no idea who she is she's a social worker who sort of had this big TED talk about shame and gained worldwide popularity. But one thing that she talked about in this interview is to create guidelines, sort of rules for yourself and your family for when you're not at your best. So if your capacity is not at 100%, you can come home and say, you know, I'm operating at like 40% today. 
And you might come home and say, oh, you know, I've had a a tough day at work. I'm only at like 50%. Okay. So how are we going to help each other when neither of us are doing particularly well? Right. And so she said, when you are doing well, to come up with these guidelines to kind of help you get through things, simple things like speaking kindly to each other. So even if what you're saying, you know, even if you're saying, you know, I'd really like you to put your dishes in the dishwasher, saying it in a kind way, right? Um, And doing kind gestures for each other, acknowledging when someone does something for you. Thank you very much for cooking me dinner. I really appreciated that. I know you were at work all day. So doing little things to remember that we're not all doing our best. Mm -hmm. We're all kind of struggling right now. I mean, these are good for any time, but I think right now we're all struggling to find our full capacity. Oh, for sure. And so having sort of those set guidelines that you can go back to and remind yourself of, right, let's do this because we're not all doing well. And it's not just me. Um, It's easy for me to snap at you and go, well, I'm just, I'm kind of under stress right now. And then when you snap at me, it's easy for me to go, what a jerk. He's just being a jerk, doesn't understand. (laughs) So it's good to remember that we're all struggling. We're all jerks. We're all under stress. And it might be coming out in different ways that are unpleasant. Well, it really comes down to, um, you know, this is a stressful, weird, unprecedented situation. And everyone has their own personality and different way of dealing with things. Mm -hmm. And if somebody else's way is not the same as yours, it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just having a recognition that somebody else is also going through something and maybe reacting to it differently than, than what you would mm-hmm. doesn't make them bad. doesn't make it worse. doesn't make it better. just means it's different. And we've got to keep in mind that, that everyone's struggling right now yeah. and that we're not all trying to just be jerks. We're just trying to deal with this the best we can. Getting through it the best we can. Yeah. Exactly. That's so important to remember. And I think it's also really good to focus on the positives because when we're under stress, we tend to find the negatives. I mean, As humans, we tend to find the negatives anyway, but when we're under stress, they seem so much bigger. And so it's really important to try and find those positives. And that can be one of your guidelines. If you set out guidelines is acknowledge those positives that someone else is bringing to you. Keep happy pictures on your phone. So if you're starting to feel a little bit down, look at happy pictures that might sort of have a counterbalance because like a lot of our happy pictures are on vacations and we're like, are we ever going to get to go there again? Well, that's a delicate (laughs) balance, right? Right. So again, you want to focus on the positives of that. I know that the negatives creep up and right now there's so many of those negatives sort of crushing us. And so try and find the hope, try and find the positives, try and find some color in a lot of the gray out there in the world at large, but also in our relationships, really try and focus on the positives that we do for each other and that we bring for each other because that's how we're going to get out of this intact. Right. Well, we can't be around each other, but we still need each other. For sure. Sure. Very, very insightful, babe. It's what I do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> so, listeners, how are you and your isolation partner getting along? Is the pandemic bringing you closer together? Or are you sick and tired of each other at this point? <laughs> are you dying to be out in public again? Or are you like our cats and really reveling in the extra family time? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at love underscore uncovered. Robin's at Medusa Beth, and I'm at Bacon Hound. Yes, you are. I am. <laughs> uh, our catchy theme song that you're listening to is supplied by Our Good Wolf, and you can hear more from them. They actually have songs with words in them. Uh, you can hear more from them at ourgoodwolf.bandcamp.com. 
And if you like what we do, you can subscribe to Love Uncovered on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. So thanks for that. Until next time. Let's all just go get a bowl of support cheesies and get through this together. Separately. No. No.